Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there body image. What a huge topic to cover. We're both incredibly passionate about this topic and are excited to explore it. In this episode, we will talk about why body image is important to address in the realms of health and wellness, what influences our relationship with our bodies, how women's bodies change throughout our lives, unrealistic beauty standards making us sick, how we've navigated our own changing bodies, and 12 ways we've learned to love our bodies and navigate bad body image days. Let's get into it. So why is body image so important to talk about, especially in regards to our health? And I think it's because so many of the unhealthy habits that people have around health are because they want to look a certain way. And we'll talk about this, but I think it's okay to want to look a certain way, but not in the case of sacrificing our health. So to start off, what was your relationship like with your body growing up? Yeah, I think I have a relatively normal, common relationship. I mean, I didn't love my body, but I wasn't very, I didn't hate it. So growing up, my mom was never really on a diet, which I loved. She was never on a diet. She didn't wear a lot of makeup. She was very simple. And I love that about my mother. Um, But she also never outwardly expressed any love towards her body. She never... Mm -hmm yeah, outwardly expressed like, oh, I really love how I look or I love this about myself. So it was just kind of, it was, it was not one or the other. It was just kind of normal. I grew up with four sisters and they were all older than me and they spent a lot of time getting ready. So I remember them waking up really early to like curl their hair, put on all their makeup. And I was relatively little at the time when they were growing up and going through high school. So I, I think I knew that taking care of yourself and like getting ready was really important. And, but I feel like as a little child, I was, I was relatively good. I feel like most of my body insecurities came when I was in middle school and high school. So I remember hating how skinny I was. I hated my hairline, which I have like this interesting, I feel like hairline for my grandma. I also have this little birthmark under my eye, which people said looked like I got punched in the face. It's like a little bit, 
darker and I have a couple freckles. I know. I notice it all the time. And so people would comment on that. People, like I said, people would say like they thought that I got punched in the in the eye because it was a little bit dark. I did have a really dark circles over like when I was growing up. Um, and then, yeah, I was always kind of insecure about my stomach. I felt like my arms and legs were really skinny, but I have like I had a bigger stomach. I had some stretch marks, which are completely normal, but I I hated those. I also, in middle school, I naturally have wavy hair. And I remember in middle school, waking up early to straighten my hair and put makeup on. So, I, yeah, I did. I got ready every single day in middle school. So, I feel like I grew up just kind of average in having insecurities, but not like super, super hating my body. And I also grew up Mormon in Utah. So, there's a huge emphasis on looking modest and really put together and really clean and Utah has some very different quirks around body image so I found a a phrase or a statistic in uh, Forbes magazine in 20 or in 2007 they called Salt Lake City the Venus City in America because of its disproportionately high number of plastic surgeons for its population so Salt Lake Salt Lake City has six plastic surgeons for every 100,000 residents compared to New York City, which has four. So there's a lot of plastic surgeons. There's a lot of billboards that talk about getting Botox and burning off your fat and getting your teeth done. And there's there's a big emphasis on, on that. So I grew up, it was very common for people to have have Botox or get boob jobs or just get hair extensions or dye their hair. Um, it's very common now to have eyelash extensions and have your eyebrows microbladed. And like I said, have hair extension, hair extensions, boob jobs, lots of Botox, places to get Botox, fake lips, all of that type of stuff is very, very common here. So I feel like that definitely impacted my body image growing up. So I definitely, like I said, I didn't think I was beautiful, but I didn't like absolutely hate myself. But I feel like that's kind of average. Absolutely. It's interesting that you say that about Salt Lake City. I, Bella, grew up in Southern California in San Diego, and I just moved to Salt Lake like a year and a half ago. And that was one thing I noticed when I moved was like, everyone, all the women are like blonde and they all have fake boobs. The fake lip obsession right now. It's so bizarre to me. Like I'm all for women looking their best and like wanting to look great. And for some women that like gives them so much confidence, but at the same time, most of it, I'm like, that looks so fake. Like it doesn't look like you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't like about it. And I wish we could just be confident in how God made us and, doesn't have to be so complicated yeah anyways my relationship my my body image relationship growing up was honestly pretty neutral the same uh i think that's for two reasons one is my body definitely fit the standard i was really skinny and thin growing up and so i never really thought twice about it because that was what everyone wanted to look like exactly um another interesting point that my mom brought up one time I told her that I was grateful she never made me for she never forced me to finish the the food on my plate and I told her that helped me have a really good relationship with food and whatnot and she said that that probably helped but what also helps with 
girls and their relationship with food and their body is having a good relationship with their father and being like acknowledged by their father and loved by them. And my dad was totally so involved in my life growing up. So I think that has another small part to it. So shout out to you, dad. I love you so much. Um, on the other hand, I definitely got criticism for being too skinny. I remember one of my friend's mom always telling me to eat a hamburger and I was just like, let me live my life. Like, let me do whatever I want. So this just goes to show that I think we often think about poor body image issues for larger women, which is absolutely true, but it can also be true for women on the other end. Um, and it's also really interesting that I thought I was skinny and since I was skinny, I thought I was healthy, but for the majority of my, especially my adolescence, I was severely undernourished. And I remember my mom being like, so concerned. I mean, I definitely had poor thyroid function cause I was never hungry and I just yeah. didn't want to eat. And that was not because I was trying to look skinny, but just because my hormones were totally off. And so she was always so worried about that. And honestly, for good reason. So again, it wasn't a really crazy experience. I feel like growing up, I focused on actions and things to do. Um, I definitely like to look nice, but there wasn't so much focus on how much I looked. So what influences the way that we feel about our bodies? So I really love analogies. So I have this analogy basically about how society and culture and social media and all these things shape our perspective on our body. So I have this analogy. So think about like when you're little, you're given this book, it's called the book of life. And you're not writing in this book. Maybe you're writing a little bit, but mostly words or recipes or instructions are written in there by your culture, by your society, maybe by social media, by your parents, by your friends and family, right? It's writing, it's writing really anything related to life, right? Like it's writing, this is how you get success, or this is what success means, or this is what it means to feel worthy, or this is how you have relationships, or like it's giving you basically a framework for how you live your life. And there's stories in there. There's stories about, yeah, your relationship with your with your body. Um, and essentially, we're handed this, this recipe book or this book as kids, and it's filled up with information from all those different places. And it's constantly changing, but it's constantly being, being written in. And we just kind of, I think most people just absorb that. And they're like, okay, this is what it means to be successful, or this is what it means to be a good friend, or this is what it means to be um, to be productive, or this is how we deal with these emotions. Like it's all written in there and you're kind of just absorbing it and using that to guide your life. So there's a chapter on body image, right? It's like, in order to be beautiful, this is what you do. And when you're beautiful, this is what you get. And people will like you more and you'll be more successful. And, uh, this is what it looks like to be beautiful, right? It's like, you have really fair skin and long hair and whatever it is, right? Cultural expectations definitely, definitely have a big role in writing that piece. So we have this book, it's writing all these different things about our relationship with our bodies. And essentially the real power and the thing that I think both of us have done within at least the past couple of years is like realize that that book is written in pencil and you can rewrite it, right? Like you can erase it and you can rewrite all these different stories, right? So for me, it was like, 
this is what it looks like to feel beautiful. And where there were all these different things. And if you're beautiful, you will get this and this and this. And it's like, I've gone back to that chapter and been like, actually, that doesn't work for me. I don't really like that. And I don't want to live my life that way. So I'm going to erase this. And maybe, you know, maybe the pencil is really like written it hard in there. And maybe it's, it takes a while to erase, but you erase it. And then you rewrite your own story of like, it means, you know, whatever you, you just essentially redefine whatever you want. Like, you go through this and and redefine what it means to be beautiful and what a woman looks like. And if you're beautiful, what that, what you get and what it means to be worthy. And essentially just this whole idea of like, you have the opportunity to take back control and literally rewrite any story you want about anything in your life. But in the context of what we're talking about, your body image and your relationship with your body. So I think so many people don't realize that they have control and a lot of this body image conditioning and the ideas around body image are not yours. Like you haven't written those. Like those are from your society. Those are from your parents. Those are from your friends. Those are from social media. And you don't have to accept those if you don't want to. And I think in our culture, at least from my own experience, our image, our body image is so attached to whether or not we're accepted or we're worthy of certain things or our success or even our love towards ourselves. when in, I feel like other cultures, it's just like, you know, having brown hair versus blonde hair or like wearing red shoes as opposed to blue shoes. It's like, it's a thing, but it's not so attached to all these bigger values. Absolutely. That's seriously such a good analogy. You just explained that to me and I'm like, I'm taking this with me. So cool. For sure. It's also interesting how women's bodies especially will absolutely change throughout their life and so will these societal expectations. I know that a long, long time ago in like the 1700s or whatnot, it was really the cool thing was to be really large because that showed wealth and that you were well fed. Um, Whereas in the 90s, it was like super, super skinny, stick skinny and like no nothing, no curves, no nothing. Or in the fifties, it was more curvy and round. And I feel like now we're getting to back to that, like curvy, big, larger breasts and butts, but really skinny, small waist. waist. And so just acknowledging that these societal expectations will always be changing and that we don't have to adhere to them at all. Um, also that your body's going to change throughout your life, who you are as a teenage girl, you will never be that person ever again. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be her anymore. Like I want to be my 28 year old self as I am right now. And so as we grow up and we come become women, we get more curves and whatnot, and our body will change. Once we become a mother, I know there's so much black on postpartum and this like bounce back culture that is so toxic Gotta get your body back oh my god like, no what? like you just created a human like yeah. focus on you and nourishing yourself and nourishing your baby it has nothing to do with what your body looks like or also in menopause i know a lot of women gain more weight during menopause or after menopause and or it's harder to lose weight and just acknowledging that your body is going to change throughout your whole life. And that's the reality and that's what's going to happen. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah, seriously. So I was reminded when you were talking about that in high school, I remember I was incredibly skinny and I remember seeing girls my age that were also really skinny. And I remember a couple years later, I saw someone I went to high school with and she was like, 
she got curvy and she like gained a bunch of weight. I think she maybe had a kid. And I remember thinking like, oh, she like went through a second puberty because like, she finally looked like a woman. Whereas in high school, I remember her just, you know, looking super, super young. So I was like, when am I going to get my second puberty? <laughs> like, am I always just going to be this like stick skinny person? And yeah, I feel like with a lot of women, your teenage self is going to look very different than your like woman self. So I'm 30. I feel like I had my second puberty a couple years ago, but my body again, like Bella said, like my body does not look like it does or did when I was a teenage girl. And I don't want it to Mm -hmm. look like that. And I feel like so many women look at past pictures of themselves and that's their ideal body image. And it's like, that is no longer you. So unrealistic. So unrealistic. Yeah. And it's just the whole idea of societal expectations changing. I, it, it frustrates me that this is a thing. I mean, like right now, like I said, in Utah, thick eyebrows are a thing. People will literally get them tattooed on to be really, really thick. Also, people are getting their getting fake freckles tattooed on because freckles are a thing right now. <laughs> and we already talked about like fake eyelashes and fake boobs and Botox and fake lips. And there are certain hairstyles that are in style that are trending now. But, you know, you're or two down the road, it's going to be different. And I think that it's all on purpose. I think that Mm. society and culture is trying to make us feel diminished and not strong and empowered and accepting, like accepting of ourselves. So it's just crazy that those things will always change. And if you continue to try to navigate that, like you will constantly be dissatisfied with your body because the expectations will always change. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting to relate your health with how your body looks or body image because so many of us again we want to fit this certain body image in result of sacrificing our health and in my course I actually have a whole lesson on how much to eat and in that lesson I talk about the possibility or potential of gaining weight while you're healing because so many women are unintentionally under eating or maybe intentionally under eating um, in order to like fit this standard of society. And so once we, then we start getting all these symptoms and whatnot and we try to reverse it or we try to start healing again and we have to likely probably start eating more and that's when we can get some some weight gain, but it's also really interesting that when you're eating nutrient dense, delicious food that your body wants versus junk food or high caloric food without many nutrients in it, that type of weight gain is very, very different. So usually when you start eating really nutrient dense food, all of your fat will likely start in your stomach Mm -hmm. um, because that's like the quickest way to distribute. But then as you keep healing and keep and continuing on this healing journey, that weight will actually start to distribute. And I've totally noticed this among so many women and myself, especially. So it'll start in your stomach, but then your boobs will get bigger and your thighs will become bigger. Even your lips become more plump, which is super fascinating. And overall, you just become more womanly. And this type of subcutaneous fat is so healthful and it actually makes you look younger and more youthful compared to being unhealthily 
thin. Um, I also mention about Greek goddesses in my course with hips or like, like how we mentioned earlier, Marilyn Monroe and curves are often a sign of health and vitality. Women should not be expected to have these six pack abs all year round. Like, no, we're supposed to have fat on our body in order to survive. Fat has a purpose in ourselves and we can't go without it. But unfortunately we have these crazy unrealistic beauty standards and they come at such a huge cost to our health with restrictive diets and trying to fix our hormones or our digestion, Botox, plastic surgery, really super intense exercise. And all of these things are trying to make us fit into this certain body when in reality we should be focusing way more on how we feel and less on what we look like. Seriously, so I saw a statistic that said the average woman applies hundreds of chemicals on her body on a daily basis. Uh, The average woman uses around 12 personal care care products on a daily basis, exposing themselves to 168 chemical ingredients. And that is average. Imagine like the amount more that so many people use or less. And it's definitely less than men course i think mm-hmm. the, the average for men was like 85 chemical ingredients but still for women like we're going above and beyond to like put our makeup on and fix our hair and make sure our clothes smell good and make sure we smell good and honestly yeah all of this is is toxic and detrimental to our health so at least for a lot of women especially with you know restrictive diets and intense exercise and using all these beauty products and getting all these things injected inside of them and just the stress of constantly having to keep up. Um, A lot of women will lose their periods. That's very common. Um, Mm -hmm. Hormonal disasters, right? You know so much about hormones Mm -hmm. and how stress and all these different things disrupt hormone balance. So that is super common. Uh, Gut issues, constipation is especially common, right? When you under eat, your body literally slows its metabolism. It slows your digestion. You literally don't have enough matter in your digestive system to have a normal bowel movement on a daily basis. So that is incredibly common or even diarrhea when your nervous system is so stressed out and you're not eating enough and you're exercising so much. Like I see that, I mean, diarrhea is very common in a lot of my clients. It's just like your body is just, it's not even utilizing and absorbing the nutrients that you're giving it. Bloating is another big, big one. Essentially. Yeah. If you're not eating consistently enough, that, that can contribute to bloating. And people often think that, oh, I'm going to fast for long periods of time and that's going to help my bloating. And it's no, it's the opposite. You need to eat consistently to, to essentially give your body the message. Like it's safe. You're calming your nervous system by eating consistently. And that can help with, with bloating. Some other symptoms, things like really bad acne, really thinning hair, autoimmune diseases, fatigue, terrible sleep. So many. Can you think of any other symptoms that I think you hit it yeah. on the head. Okay. Yeah. And like we said, it is okay to want to look good, right? But you also have to realize what your ideal standards are and are those realistic? Are those going to provide you with good health? Are they stressing you out? And yeah, also just are they, are you doing those things and sacrificing your health mm-hmm. because of those things? Absolutely. So what does a nourished babe's body look and feel like? Because again, it's not just how we look, but I think we need to way 
put way more of our focus on how we feel. So someone who's well-nourished has vibrant skin and great color. They look plump and like red, not gray and kind of sickly. Their eyes are vibrant and bright. They have muscle mass. They um, have curves. Those could be large or just small, something, some kind of curves. Um, Thick, strong, luscious hair, strong nails, having body hair. Body hair is 100% normal. And if we don't have a lot of body hair, that can be a sign of poor health. Um, again, supple skin, having that subcutaneous fat, that thin fat layer right under your skin really helps you to make, to make you look young and youthful. Um, so this nourished woman... She sleeps well. She wakes up feeling rested. She has lasting energy throughout the day. She has minimal pain throughout her period and her period is predictable. She doesn't struggle with many PMS symptoms. Um, she feels strong, happy, horny, and hungry. I love that saying. And whatever the weight might be, again, that could be higher than you think it is or lower than you think it is. Um, but it doesn't matter so much on how you weigh, but way more on how you feel. For sure. So we both wanted to talk about our own weight gaining experiences because we, because they're interesting and it, we've had to navigate it ourselves. And yeah, so I'm going to start. So I, like I said, I was always very, very skinny, which is so crazy to look back on because I also like thought I had a fat belly when I was <laughs> like 120 pounds. So yeah, growing up, I so I'm a 5'8". I think I'm 5'8 now. Mm-hmm. I used to be 5'7", but I've been drinking lots of raw milk. So I think <laughs> I'm 5'8 now. And I was probably 120 pounds. So, I mean, that's very – it's very skinny. Technically, on the BAMI scale, that Underway. is – no, that's normal. No way. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. It's like at the lower end of normal, but yeah. Yeah. I had – yeah. That's wild to me. I had yes. no muscle mass. And that was me up until probably two years ago. So yeah, I was, I think I maybe had gained like 10 pounds and maybe it was like 130, 35. I think that's what my license says. And just again, like I, I thought that I was normal and I sometimes like thought that I was fat, which is crazy. And over the past couple of years, I gained 50 pounds. I want to give you like, like, like a number because I, that's a, like, that's a decent amount of weight. Like my body has completely changed. And I think this has to do with a lot of things. Of course, a big one was that my change in job. So I used to be a health coach at a grocery store and I would, I would move around all day. And, but that was very stressful. It was a very stressful job. I left that job a couple years ago and work from home now. So I think that was a big reason I wasn't moving as much. I also started eating animal products. So I was eating beef and chicken and turkey and more eggs and reintroduced dairy which has been so amazing because it has brought me so much good health. But yeah, of course, those things are calorically rich and they have a lot of nutrition, but they also have a lot of calories. So that was another big one. And ultimately, uh, just a lot of stress. So starting my own business, some relationship stress and just the stress of life. So I think that that was the weight gain was a couple of reasons. And ultimately, I think I was finally eating enough for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. So if you go back and listen to our episode on our stories, you will listen to my story about how I did all the different restrictive diets. And I wasn't intentionally under eating. Mm-hmm. I wasn't counting calories ever, but I was always doing vegan, vegetarian, restricting 
large food groups and just, I can't even fathom how little I ate during that entire time. So I think over the past couple years, I've finally been eating enough and have been eating the right food. So I think it's interesting because I think we think when people gain weight, it's a lack of motivation and it's because they're letting themselves go. And for me, I was eating really, really good foods, but I was gaining weight. And so I think you can gain really good healthy weight and you can gain weight in a good way. It's not always from processed foods and all these terrible foods. Like it was from really nutrient dense whole foods that, that like made me gain weight. And the crazy thing is I'm like the biggest that I've ever been, but I'm the most confident that I've ever been. Like even looking back at my pictures when I was very thin and quote unquote, probably the ideal woman, I like, I did not like myself. I couldn't even look at myself naked in the mirror. Like it literally, I did not look at myself naked in the mirror. I hated it. So that is crazy because, right, we think of weight gain and we think of like, oh, that person must feel bad about how they look or they're, they look like they've lost themselves or whatever. But I actually am more confident and the most confident that I've ever felt in my body in my whole entire life. So I think for me, I realized that me gaining body fat these past couple of years was like I said, my body was finally receiving nourishment and it was trying to protect me and keep me safe. And just like was finally, I just imagine like a big relief on my body. Just like, oh my God, finally we're having all these new nutrients. Like let's store this away and like rebuild. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the symptoms that you said before about what does a nourished woman look like? Like my are bright now. I have curves. I feel like my hair is stronger. My skin looks so different. Looking back, my skin was very dull and I had a lot of acne. So I can see like this, all these things are finally like showing on my body. So of course, like it was really hard to learn to love my new body, but at the same time, because of the health that I was getting and how amazing I was feeling. It was really, yeah, it was, it was amazing because I was like, wow, I I'm finally having normal poop and my skin looks really good and I feel really rested and I have so much energy and I'm finally gaining muscle mass and like all these amazing things that I think the weight was yes there, but it was like, I was having so many other amazing transformations that it was like, wow, I'm like so proud of my body for like gaining all this weight and and essentially like fixing a lot of these health issues that I have been dealing with for decades. So yeah, ultimately at the end of the day, I am like very happy with where I'm at. I think that I would like to have more of like a body recomposition of like gaining a little bit more muscle mass and maybe losing a little bit of body fat, but I am not in a rush and I'm not like antsy to get there or get somewhere. Like I don't need to be a certain weight at a certain point in time. Like I am just patient with the process and know like my body is exactly where it needs to be. Mm, I'm so proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) Bella, what about you? So I honestly have a very similar story as yours over the past two years i've definitely gained weight i don't own a scale i don't think i've ever owned a scale so i have no idea how much but you can just tell that i've definitely gained weight and i'm definitely the heaviest i've ever been but it's also interesting that i'm the healthiest i've ever been and this is why health and weight and it's not correlated 
much at all because you can be your ideal way and not be healthy or be your unideal way and be the healthiest you've ever been. So again, like you, I've been eating way more calorie dense, but I was under eating for so much of my life. And like, I always bring back the dairy story, but it was like my, when I started reintroducing dairy, my body was like, finally, all these nutrients that I've been wanting for so long. And so it was just consuming so many of them because that's what my body was wanting and craving. Um, Also eating more animal protein. I never cut out animal protein, but I definitely didn't eat it with every single meal like I do now. Um, So I was just overall finally eating enough for my body and my body was trying to really hold, is still trying to hold on to it because it wants to feel safe. And I'm so grateful for the body positivity movement because it's so much more common to talk about these things now. And I think if I gained all this weight and this wasn't the general idea, I mean, it's still very, still has so much work to be done, but I think gaining weight in this realm versus like in the nineties or something is so much easier for my mental health. Um, I definitely do still struggle some days. Uh, especially when like I haven't seen a person for a really long time. I kind of get nervous, like what they're going to think of me. For example, I went to Alaska a a month ago and I hadn't seen most of my family since like I gained more weight. And one of my aunts like was like, my God, Izzy, is that you? Like I, you're not this skinny little girl that like I once remember. And it's like, why, why do we have to mention this? We don't have to talk about this at all. And it's just like, hurt my soul and I went home and I like cried to my parents and of course they think the complete opposite because they knew how unhealthy I was when I was so skinny and my mom always tells me um how healthy I look and how I look vibrant and again I have that subcutaneous fat that makes you look young and youthful um this is one of our tips that we're going to give but surround yourself by people who aren't going to comment on your way or comment on how good you look and whatnot. Um, For example, again, my mom always tells me that I just look so healthy and strong. And she's always saying that and it makes me feel great. Um, Also, my boyfriend is seriously the sweetest ever. And he's always like, I love your womanly body and just like loves me no matter what weight I am. So I love him so much. Um, But again, overall, I have some good days. I have bad days. It's also interesting that it depends on my cycle. Mm -hmm. So in your follicular phase right after your period you're usually your thinnest um and that's because your metabolism isn't super high so you're not as hungry and so you're not as you're not eating as much and estrogen is really high so at that time i have a pair of pants that fit me really good in my follicular phase but as i enter my luteal phase the pants are definitely more uncomfortable and because during your luteal phase that second half of your cycle right before your period where PMS occurs and whatnot, um, your metabolism increases. And so your hunger cues increase and you're, you're more likely to hold on to water weight. And so in those times, I'm definitely bigger and sometimes have more body issues during those um, body image issues during that time. So it all just depends and it's just an ever flowing journey. But overall, I just feel so much stronger and healthier and more womanly. Like I don't feel like a small girl anymore. And I'm just so grateful for how, how far I've come. Yeah. I love the whole like follicular 
pants yeah. story. It's like you have you have your follicular wardrobe and then your luteal yes. wardrobe. Yes, I've yeah. seen on TikTok some girls their weights fluctuate so much. Like this girl was going through her whole closet and getting rid of the clothes that didn't fit her and she didn't like. Yeah. And she tried on a pair of jeans and she was like, I know these jeans fit me because they fit me last week. But oh. now that I'm in this phase of my cycle, like they don't fit me anymore. And so it's like, don't get rid of the jeans. It just kind of depends on where you're at. And some women can seriously fluctuate and wait so that much. much throughout their cycle that you can't judge. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So we've got a lot of strategies for you. Essentially, like Bella said, we have our good days, we have our bad days, and we want to share some of the ways that we get through those bad body image days and how we've learned to love the skin that we're in. So one of the first tips is that if you're on social media, follow people that show you a diverse range of women. I follow a bunch of women who are quote unquote bigger or have had like weight loss stories or changes or just have similar stories to us or just look different or maybe it's not their weight but it's like their skin color or their hair or just like a variety right Mm -hmm. because at least for me if I just you know I get a bunch of ads on Instagram and it's constantly the same type of woman who is very skinny and looks a very particular type of way. So it's really easy to get discouraged and annoyed with those types of ads. Mm -hmm. But I find a lot of inspiration and comfort in following women who inspire me and make me feel really good about my body and Mm -hmm. celebrate the diversity in the shapes and sizes and colors of all women. So, and also realizing that what you see on social media is never a full picture of someone's health, right? I remember Mm -hmm. this post that I reposted I can't remember who it is. Otherwise I would say, but she took, she had a lineup of four different pictures of herself. They looked very different and she literally, it was the exact same day, just during different times of the day and at different lightings. And so of course one looked quote unquote better and one looked like she looked a little bit different. It was literally all within the same day with different lighting. Oh my and it's just crazy because you can, yeah, you can never see the full picture of someone's health and you can, you just can't go off of that. No. So that's one of the biggest ones that if you're on social media, just follow people who inspire you and show a variety and diverse range of how women can look and be beautiful. Another one that I love to do is I write myself mantras or notes all over my house. I, when I was starting to kind of love my body more, I wrote on my mirror and every time I looked in the mirror, I can't remember what I wrote. Like, you are a goddess or I I think I changed it a bunch, but every time I would look in the mirror, I would see that and I would repeat it and I would repeat it verbally, like out loud to myself. And I also really love post-it notes. And so I'll write myself little post-it notes, like randomly in my car or on my mirror. Sometimes I'll even hide them for my like future self in like a random drawer or on a random t-shirt, like just little love notes to myself about just anything that's that's uplifting so that's another one of my favorite ones i love that one i'm such a post-it girl and my latest post-it that i love to write for myself is i love you and i'm so proud of you oh i always write that that. to myself and i always like remind myself of that because normally we tell other people we love them yeah but how often do we tell ourselves that we love ourselves so that's such a good one 
Um, some other helpful actions. Um, I, I don't know where I heard this again. If I knew, I would shout out the girl. But she recommended to, if you're having, if you're struggling with your body image, to get naked in front of your mirror. And instead of focusing on all the things that you don't like about your body, point out everything that you do love about your body. And so for me, if I were to do that, I love my boobs now. Like RJ is always like, wow. He always goes, nice tits. (laughs) It's so funny. And it's just like, it's a joke we have. And I love it. And it makes me feel so confident. Um, I also love my eyes and my hair is so thick and strong and luscious. And my skin is so beautiful and like glowy. Whereas I used to have the worst hormonal acne. So just get in front of your mirror and don't focus on the things you don't like, but name at least one thing. Like it doesn't have to be a bunch, but I'm sure you could find a bunch because we are all beautiful in our own ways. And then also, instead of focusing just on how you look, I think it can be okay to think about how you look and think about those things, but also compliment on what your body does for you. In order to live this human life, we need this body in order to do it and to go through it, in order to go swimming in the ocean or hike a mountain. You know, there's so many things that your body does for you, like digest and soak up the sunshine and focusing on those things that your body does and complimenting those can also be really helpful. And also, like I mentioned earlier, surround yourself with people like Madison who lift you up and build your confidence and are positive and not judging you on your weight or what you look like. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love the one on complimenting what your body can do because at least for me, yeah, I had a lot of resentment towards my gut, right? Like my stomach Mm -hmm. and... I, over the past couple of years, have learned to love my stomach because it's like digesting so much better. And I know it was always doing its best. And I, instead of focusing on like, oh, I have all this batter on my stomach, I was like, whoa, like my body's doing all these good digestive things and it's absorbing nutrition. And Absolutely. I also think about when I like, I'm getting wrinkles. Like, um, what is it called? Uh-huh. On crows, the side of crows. crow's feet. I'm getting some crow's feet because <laughs> I'm, I'm 30 now. And I love them because it's like my, like, it shows that I smile a lot and my face is, is aging with me. And yeah, I just love to think about, yeah, just like the functions of your body, right? Like your feet carry you through life and your Mm -hmm. legs allow you to like hike mountains and like go Mm -hmm. places. And I think about like my hands and how they create things and write letters and yeah, just like focusing not on what things look like, but rather their function and like the amazing things they allow you to do. So another couple tips is knowing and being okay that with the fact that it's normal to feel confident in your body while also maybe wanting to change parts of it. I think that Sometimes women who are confident in in certain parts of their body are actually like it's you don't hear a lot of women like verbally saying like, oh, I really love this about myself or I really love Mm -hmm. this about myself. At least for me, when I used to spend time with a lot of women, it was like people get together and just throw shade on their body like, oh, I don't like this about me. Well, I don't like this about me. It was almost like a competition of like what things do you not like about your body? And I think that that it's okay to feel confident. Like it is good to feel confident in your body because other women need to see that and be inspired by it. But it's also, yeah, you can, 
you can want to change certain things, but you can also like those two feelings can coexist. You don't have to be obsessed with your body and you don't have to absolutely hate your body. You can have a variety of emotions towards your body and it's going to change on a daily basis too. Another thing that I do is if I'm having like a self-deprecating thought or something mean I'm thinking about myself or my body, I write it down. I write it down and I say it out loud because when I say it out loud, like, oh, I hate this part of my body or my love handles are so big or like I hate this acne I have right here. It makes me feel terrible. And I imagine telling that to someone else like, <gasps> I would never oh say that to someone else because like that negative energy like you can just feel that negative energy when mm-hmm. you verbally say it out loud and I think we're really good at giving other people compliments and talking very nice to other people mm-hmm. but we constantly are yeah we're, we're saying negative things in our mind all day long and what I do like I said I say it out loud I notice how like what that energy feels like in the air and I'm like that's terrible I and I replace the thought so this could be I could replace it with like yeah I I maybe don't like this part of my body right now but I realize it's serving this purpose or Mm -hmm. I just essentially you have to replace that thought because otherwise it it continues that loop so uh I like to do that and then just do it a million times right because a lot of these things are so ingrained in us and and essentially saying them out loud has been super helpful, writing them down. And then, yeah, like we said before, like erasing those things and replacing them with better thoughts. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm obsessed with myself or I'm obsessed with this part of myself, but it could be like, yeah, I appreciate it. Or I'm learning to love this or whatever it is. But yeah, do that a million times per day. I love that because it's so much easier. I like that you said do it a million times because it's so easier. It's so easy to resort to negative thinking and being positive is so much harder. And so to just like instill it over and over and over and over again is so, so helpful and like necessary to retrain our brains. Yeah. You're literally making new neural pathways. It's like you've been hiking on this trail a million times and now you're trying to hike like in the wilderness and you have to literally create that new trail and new neural pathway in your mind. It's hard, but it's like, it's okay. If you go back to your normal trail, like you will, you will create this new trail. Absolutely. Some other helpful tips are to embrace the fact that your body is always doing its best. It's literally always working for you, never against you. Your body's always healing and doing everything it can to keep you alive and thriving. So thank your body every day for adapting to your environment and always protecting you. I don't think most people understand that fat is very protective. We actually store a lot of toxins in our fat. And so if you're more overweight, it might not be because you're overweight, but that actually you have so many toxins in your environment. And so, and it's literally trying to protect you from those toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, so this weight really provides us with safety and helps us to feel safe. If we don't have enough weight on our body, then our stress hormones are going to go through the roof and we're going to rely on stress hormones, not other things. Also don't rely on the BMI scale. For so many of us, that can be off. I think I'm technically overweight on the BMI scale, but I think I'm obese. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's no, and it's interesting that when we were within the healthy range, 
we were not healthy, but now we're off the range yet. We feel so much better. Like that has, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're gaining muscle mass, that is super important because you will be off the charts if you're gaining muscle mass. Whereas in reality, you are definitely very strong and healthy. So just getting off this whole focus on weight and how much we weigh and what we look like and really trying to shift our focus to how we feel will be very nourishing for your body and your mind. Yes. We have a couple more. One is just realizing like curves, like we said before, equal health and fertility. Mm-hmm. And we understand that people have different body shapes, mm-hmm. but like you can still have curves and, and still be well nourished and yeah, be at a healthy weight. Of course, not every woman is going to look the same. We all have our own different genes and yeah, body, body shapes. One that I put, print off pictures of Greek goddesses. I love that. Yeah, and put those around. Uh, There's, what's the one that you always showcase? There's this one, I think it's Aphrodite. Aphrodite. And she's like curvy and looks so healthy. Yes. And that can help remind you, like, I don't have to look this certain type of way that I'm seeing constantly in movies and on my social media. Like, I can look this way. And yeah, just like varying the... The, again, the types of women that you that you see. And the last one is find clothes that fit you. And this is so important because mm-hmm. I just got rid of so many clothes mm-hmm. and it was really hard because obviously I was like, I could fit in this at one point. And or you spend good money on those yeah. and you feel like you don't want to or like, yeah, again, you could fit into that one day. Yeah, possibly. I know. Yeah. No. So no, I was like, this is time. I'm letting this go because I don't ever want to be this small again. I don't like what that felt like. And it can be very frustrating finding new clothes. I know that I Mm -hmm. was so upset when I was like, I went to Target and I was trying to find some like exercise pants. And I think I bought XL and I was like, how, how is this? How am I XL? Like I'm an average size woman and but then you go other places and I'm like a medium or Mm -hmm. in certain places I'm a small in the top and extra large in another top like it is I swear it's like on purpose to fuck with our minds I can't so do you remember like I think it was a few months ago I bought two pairs of pants because I wanted some lounge pants to wear around the house and I bought them online and they were both larges and one of them was literally double the waistband as the other Oh. Not even kidding you. And I was like, how? This is seriously to fuck with their brains. Yes. Yeah. So we hope this was helpful. We love talking about all of this because we see in our coaching practices and the women that we work with, we see this, this struggle and we know how challenging it can be. So if you're listening, you're fucking gorgeous. You're amazing. You're a goddess. And if you have any other tips or resources that you think would be helpful for us to share, please send them our way. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is the gut goddess. And Bella, how can people find you? On Instagram too, nourish with Bella. You can DM me. You can email me, Bella at nourishwithbella.com or go to my website, nourishwithbella.com. Okay. So thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.